0: From the Public Relations Global Network, this is PRGN Presents. I'm Adrian McIntyre.
1: And I'm Abby Fink, Vice President General Manager of HMA Public Relations in Phoenix, Arizona, and a founding member of PRGN. With public relations leaders embedded into the fabric of the communities we serve, clients hire our agencies for the local knowledge, expertise, and connections in markets spanning six continents across the world.
0: Our guests on this bi-weekly podcast series are all members of the Public Relations Global Network. They discuss such topics as the importance of sustainability and environmental, social, and governance programs, crisis communications, content marketing, reputation management, and outside-of-the-box thinking for growing your business.
1: For more information about PRGN and our members, please visit PRGN.com. And now, let's meet our guest for this episode.
2: Hi, I'm Danielle Dickinson. I am with the Castle Group, a PR, Events Management and Communications Agency based in Boston. I focus on event-based strategies and bringing events to life.
1: We've been talking about ESG on this podcast now for well over a year, and it has never come up before in the context of special events or event management. And I am interested in this concept and something that you're referring to as the triple bottom line. You tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Sure, absolutely. So as it relates to ESG, the triple bottom line is another framework for measurement. They're not identical. I think the triple bottom line is a little bit more of a broad concept about how you're doing in sustainability, whereas ESG is a little bit more focused on Specific reporting, financials, um, definitely important on both aspects. Um, but I think in events, we have a tendency to to focus more on goals building that are based on the triple bottom line.
1: The idea of sustainability as it relates to events in in my experience has been are we recycling are we using um you know what what, what does our silverware look like you know we we've, we've had this you know similar to just how we've kind of introduced the idea of being a little bit more environmentally sensitive when we're talking about it but there's a much bigger discussion here when it comes to events event management and that impact that we're having can you share a little bit really on in, in based on your experience and what you're seeing and how that's evolved over the years
2: yeah absolutely i think um you know it's it's nothing new we've all been trying to green our events and do better for a long time i think um in more recent years the pandemic had a really big effect on how people are you know really you know, when we get back to live events, I think there was a huge shift The during pandemic time with everybody focusing on crazy world events, climate, you know, social, you know, all, all sorts of different aspects of what's going on in the world at this time. I think people really reprioritized and came back um, into the in-person event space, uh, really wanting to make a point about who they are, what they support, and how events are going to look moving forward. So while it's always kind of been woven into events, it's become a huge piece um, of the puzzle. And I think the importance has really grown and we're seeing much higher adoption rates of uh, different initiatives that can be done in sustainability for events.
1: Now let's level set for just a second, and and I want to. So we we are speaking about the the idea of being physically present now in an event space, you know, a, a trade show or a big meeting, whatever. So we're talking about that. And are you are you seeing that that the are these focus are events being focused in the sustainability environment, or the events themselves are business as usual? trade show, networking, conferences, and yet sustainability is now a line item on the to-do list that we need to make sure we address?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it is the latter. I think that um, it is, it's business as usual, but with new perspective and new priorities. And it's how do we do that business in a more responsible way, which is kind of what pulls in that triple bottom line of, you know, it's not just how can we do better for the planet, but also how can we do better for the people and, you know, our attendees, our stakeholders, the community that we're in, uh, and also how we can do better, you know, for the traditional bottom line in all of these different ways.
1: Well, and that's a lot of um, players involved that have to agree, you know, that we're going to make this sustainability part of our process. So the event production side is one thing, but it's everything around it right coming to the the vendors that you use the all the the services that end up going into an event so as the organizer as the you know the person asked to manage all of these things what are some of the things that you're looking at what do you approach what's the to-do list yeah uh, that you have to have a you know check off and say you know we are doing this and this is going to be a successful way of approaching sustainability and events
2: We have a tendency to take the triple bottom line approach in a a manner of coaching our clients through setting their own sustainability goals. We do this generally by starting with a plan. We create a plan that helps to determine the priorities, um, outline how we're going to meet those objectives, uh, define the performance indicators and discuss what kind of metrics they need or want uh, for that given event. Through the life cycle of the planning, you know, it's all about recommending different initiatives and how to engage those stakeholders and vendors um, because it's a really is a shared responsibility with our partners. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we use initiatives such as responsible sourcing, waste reduction, diversion, um, food rescue, diversity inclusion community give back, um, and really leveraging technologies over physical materials, um, to just try to do better.
1: Now, are you finding in the conversations, um, I, I, having, I, I I plan events, but I would not say I'm an event planner. Um, but early days of, of, you know, the impact of COVID, I learned very, very quickly how important it is to read the small print in the contracts I was signing because I never needed to worry about things like force majeure ever. <laughs> um, but what are, you know, there must be some things that have changed now um, in terms of it, at least if it, the way you're addressing it and, and wanting your clients to address in the contractual obligations that you're seeing. And, you know, where, you know, so many places along the way have to agree to these processes. So what types of things do you, you know, you've you've locked in the client's understanding and what they want, but then what are you doing with those vendor partners and others to ensure that they are following those same guidelines that you've promise to your client you will abide by and, you know, in our conscious of.
2: That's a super important part of the life cycle. I think it really all does need to start at the sourcing level. Um, And so for us, that means at the RFP stage, we're including verbiage and language about what type of requirements we have, what type of metrics we are going to need and what are. Maybe labor uh, practices and different viewpoints, so that we have all of the information we need when we are selecting partners to make a choice that aligns with our clients and our goals, um so that it really starts at the onset, and there's no surprises down the road that we know who we're working with and that everyone is going to follow through on what they said.
1: Does it cost more? Do, do budgets need to change when we take a very active role in wanting to be a sustainable event? They can,
2: if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But honestly, it's not necessary. I think, you know, what additional funds give you is maybe different opportunities uh, to do some bigger things like purchasing carbon offsets for your audience, making larger donations to community foundations, also, you know, using the latest technologies and things, but it's really not necessary. You know, they often sustainability practices have a tendency to lead to cost savings in the long run. Responsible sourcing and efficient use of resources and leveraging a lot of these new technologies are all ways that we can help actually reduce cost and eliminate unnecessary waste. Um, so yeah, it, you do not need to increase your budget, but it certainly never hurts.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> One of the things about sustainability that I think is really interesting in this context is it's an intangible that we all at some level agree or at least pay lip service to, we think it's important. And it begets more concrete when it's in budgets, right? So the the sustainability and contracts, that's where the sort of, physical concreteness of sustainability shows up in practice. But I wonder about the other side of it in terms of the experience. Is the experience of an event that's been organized around sustainability principles different and in what ways?
2: I think it is. And I think that really um, goes back to that, you know, that third P there about people. And, um, And I think sustainability is, you know, again, so much more than than, you know, just saving the water bottles. I think it's, you know, it's really about how to make that experience inclusive and culturally positive and authentic. Um, And I think that just the value has increased in all of that. And that's really what people want. So we are uh, recommending and seeing a lot of clients that are putting much more effort into this. And we're doing that right at the beginning in, in the agenda building strategies, making sure we have adequate breaks and we are maybe have health and wellness programs, time for exercise, time for emails, um, giving people the space they need to live their life well and still learn and be a part of these things and to network. Um, so yeah, it comes all the way back to the, again, the partners and the venues you're selecting, places with lots of natural light, greenery, fresh air, um, you know, all the way down through what's in the agenda, you know, getting a chance to maybe do a fun run, you know, which may benefit, you know, a local, a local community um, organization or, you know, having something as simple as a room for nursing mothers so they can feel comfortable um, to do what they need to do. Relief areas for service dogs. I mean, it's small things that seem like they're just ways of life, but they are also things that haven't. Been necessary in events before, so I think that they are happy surprises.
1: Well, and I, I was I was going to have that same similar conversation around the experience because you know the the if if we are agree that the idea of sustainability and awareness of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and other of these things that are in this this ether of the ESG conversation. Some of that has to come from the attendee as well. And the decision I make to participate in a live event that I have to drive to, get on a plane, take a train, whatever that might be, if I'm aware and and an organization whose principles are based in that as well, then my attendance at certain things needs to align with that messaging as well. And and. And, you know, I've done a lot of work in the in the um, disability community. And so questions always come up around interpreters, ramps, relief areas, you know, those types of things. So it's for in that space, it's a very common question to ask. It might not be in other places. So I think as attendees, we are going to be a bit more demanding or have a little bit higher expectation of the things that we see and the and and likely will pay for those experiences differently. It, it, I You know, we talked about costs from the production side of things, but I may be willing to invest a little bit more in that attendance as well if I feel like the organization has made an effort to live out those principles. And if it means it costs a little bit more to attend, then so be it, because those things don't come at, you know, at no cost. But I, um you know, Thinking about it, you've you've been doing events for uh, a long time, and it's it's your business practice. Um, this evolution has, as you said, kind of got a, a kickstart thanks to to COVID and and what it forced us to do. But the conversations about this aren't new. But what are you telling your clients to be thinking about and and getting ready to do this? And if they're not ready. You know, what what are some alternatives or some other things that can happen to make them ready to put on this type of thing and, and be ready to go?
2: Yeah, I think um, that we are right there right now in, in the time and place of adoption of, of sustainability initiatives. And I think, um, you know, historically, clearly it's a very wasteful industry and in events in general are always about, you know, impressions. So oftentimes that translated to, you know, what's the biggest, newest, flashiest thing? And sometimes that also equates to, to a little bit more waste. So I think it is making that shift of what, um, while that was the most important thing historically. Now, what's the most important thing is how can I be a good corporate citizen? And it's all about the communication to the stakeholders at a super high level. So when we start that sustainability planning kind of in a discovery phase with a new client or a new event, part of that is let's talk about your stakeholders and how we can drive that home at all the different levels, how we can engage your executives so they're on board your vendors, your participants, how they can be on board early and get excited about this and help sell it as well. What are different things that we can include in the agenda that people, like you said, may pay a little bit more for? You know, they may be interested in spending a little bit more money in a sponsorship that they know is going to completely offset their carbon footprint for participating in this event. Um, People may be more know apt to spend money and attend if they know all of their needs will be met if they have the opportunity to give back to the community they will be participating in um and all of those different pieces so it's all about communication really at the end of the day and how we you know how we do that at a very early stage and throughout the planning cycle and of course at the end um in how we share the metrics and the results of the efforts that everyone put in
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of PRGN Presents, brought to you by the Public Relations Global Network.
1: We publish new episodes every other week, so follow PRGN Presents in your favorite podcast app. Episodes are also available on our website, along with more information about PRGN and our members at PRGN.com.